Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday to all you freaks out there. I have a new girlfriend. Happy Friday. Her first name's Scam. Her last name's Likely. Yes, I have a new girlfriend. Her first name is Scam, spelled S-C-A-M. Last name is Likely. Scam Likely. My new girlfriend. She calls me all the time. Hey there, Scam. Scam Likely. I love you. Can I touch your boobula? Can I caress your junctus? Yes, indeed, it is Friday, November the 18th, 2022, Bo Blimpdock. It's just after 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in the beautiful state of Utah. And yes, I have a new girlfriend. Her first name is Scam. Yeah. Don't judge her by her name. She's very honest. She tells me what she is. Her first name is Scam. Her last name likely. I don't know why. She keeps calling because she loves me. folks. How you guys feeling, right? How are your crypto investments doing? Are you excited about DeFi? Do you think China's opening up this time? Look at the price of oil, man. 77 bucks a barrel. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know what to say. I've talked about a subject in my podcasts in recent years, and it isn't special, and it isn't original. Um, many people have methods for doing this, and many people have different names for it. Um, I believe that the Lord in Heaven gave us many tools of survival, and one of the tools of survival that the Lord gave us was our imagination. But the imagination is like anything else. It needs to be sharpened. It needs to be experimented with. You need to train with it. Staring at the phone, staring at the smart device, it's not very good training for your imagination. It's great training for obedience. It's great training for oppression. 
But if you want to have dreams, you'll go fuck yourself. Here are Dr. Freckles' critical instructions. Go find a quiet space. Go find a quiet room. Go find a cave that has a comfortable chair. Sit down in that space. Close your eyes. Tune out the noise. Tune out everything. Now, when you find your private space, some place in the basement, some place not far from when you buried those old people last year, the ones you killed when you were drunk, when you find your private space, sit down in that comfortable chair, tune out all stimulation, and then imagine a world. I want you to imagine a world of laser beams and battle stars. I want you to imagine a world of tigers and catfish. Imagine a world of hookers and strippers. Imagine a world of trees made of gumdrops. Imagine a world of countries and places, cities, culture, poetry, science, laws of nature. Imagine a world. Think about that world. Think about its continents and its rivers. Think about its lakes and its streams. Think about its lovers making love in the moonlight with all the sweat and greases. Imagine a world of snowy winters, of comfort food, and fireplace lovers. Imagine a world where sleigh rides take you to a party at your old Aunt Grumbo's, and you enjoy yourself, or someone does, in this world you've invented. Now in that world you've invented, there's a person, and that person is trying to find a quiet room and a comfortable chair. And that person in the world you've imagined is sitting down in their comfortable chair, and they're imagining a world. And in their world, there is a person imagining worlds. This is, these are Dr. Freckles' instructions. These are his instructions to free your mind, to take a break. You can modify it. You can add LSD. You can, I recommend shrooms. Beer mixes well with weed and music. Yes, weed and music and beer and Dr. Freckles instructions, motherfucker.
Lord Jing stood on top of Mount Sorrow. Mount Sorrow, Mount Sorrow, Mountain of Pain. He stared out across the great ocean of Crumptus blood, and he saw the Battle of Frank. He knew his navy was sunk below the waters, his men screamed out in pain. Fires engulfed them, sharks ate their bodies. The lamprey rats ate the ones that made it to shore. Lord Jing has great sadness. His heart is in pain. Lord Jing declares a new, a new world order. But we need monkey cure. Monkey cure, get your cure. It comes from a monkey. They beat it with rocks. They feed it whiskey. They teach it to smoke fucking cigarettes, and that's your fucking cure. And you're gonna take it because you all be okay, and then they can open up China again. And you can get shit for Christmas, right? There was a project in the land of Scrib. They called it Project Echo. It was designed to be perfect. It would allow them to live rent-free. Yes, Project Echo was simple. What if we could record time? What if we could put time in a chamber? and let the noise bounce, you know, back and forth like an echo. We'll make money. We'll turn those into derivatives. We'll assign credit to fault swaps. We'll hire Goldman Sachs. The scientists of Project Echo, under the leadership of Jing, decided Project Echo needed something very, very special. The monkey cure and something else. Go get the hookers. Go to Salt Lake City. Find those hookers. Harvest their grease. Yes, the key to time bouncing back and forth in the great chasm of nothingness is hooker grease. Nazis figured this out in 1944, Bo Blimpdock, a little too late, motherfucker. 
I saw an eagle. It was flying towards the mountains. I saw an eagle. It was fishing for a trout. It dove down to the water. It grabbed that little fishy. It took the fishy home to feed its little babies. This is the story of life, motherfucker. I saw an eagle. It was flying north, looking for food, but it found nothing. I saw an eagle. It lived in the city. It had tumors all over its head and its wings. It could no longer fly. I I saw an eagle. It was on the shoreline, bloated and dead. Scavenger rats feeding on its corpse. I saw an eagle. It was being torn apart by the cargo sharks, by the whisper eels. And then a walrus came ashore. And he said, Do you know the rainbow? Do you know the source? Do you know why the sea is dead now? Do you know why life is more coarse, buddy? Hand me some whiskey. I'll tell you the story, motherfucker, about a clever ape that was too fucking smart for its own good. After the birds were gone, after the bees all died, after the ground turned to rock, after the water turned to fire, there was Strog, the last of the mutineers, the last of the mercenaries, the last of the Groglin armies. He had tanks, he had artillery, he had missiles, he had bitches. Strog led his army to the great sea, to the shoreline, to fight Brunctus, the king of Hawaii. After 14 days of battle, Strog sat there and watched the armies of Brunctus as they bloated and floated back out the sea with their own drunken death. He was victorious, but it was no victory. It was merely breath. For Strog could only breathe in death. He could only breathe in the pain and the squalor, the victimization, the disease, the famine. For Strog... The only thing that would be defeat 
would be life. Sam Bankman Fried. Sam Bankman Fried. He was a dingo freak. He was a scroggler. He made money selling frozen urine. Sam Bankman Fried. Sam Bankman Fried. You know, he has a lot of companies. He's got his Alameda silo. And that's for, you know, working with the various kinds of screengo flesh that you get off the streets from the crack whores and the overlords, from the pimps and the boomblies. When you harvest all of the alley cats and all of the dog trash, when you go through every corner of that decaying city and you build for yourself a pile of smunctus, you take that, you convert that to cryptocurrency. You move it over to venture investments. Transfer that to Sequoia Capital. And then once you're done, you can experiment with Anthropic. Sam Bankman Fried. He's a cocaine hero. He's a laser beam athlete. He can travel the world in a brand new jet. I saw a coyote once. I was waiting for the bus and this coyote stared at me and said, Zieg. I met the goat king once and was nearly destroyed when I would walk away from his witch's cabin at night. The shepherds and the sheep would say, Zieg. I met a mountain once. I met a volcano. She was filled with power. She was filled with pride. Every night she'd whisper in my ear, Zig. Up north, where Santa Claus lives, up north, where the polar bear roam on whatever's left, 
of those great ice sheets up north, there's a, there's a castle, there's a fort, there's a keep. They call it the ice keep. Yes, up north, there's a castle made of ice. Up north, there's a fortress made of snow. Up north, if you can travel to where none have courage, Sam Bankman fried, Lord Jing, Strog, the monkey cure. If you're afraid of any of these, you can't make it to the ice keep. And you say to yourself, what's at the ice keep? The only cure for Project Echo. The only cure for the, the authoritarian grip of Lord Jing and Strog. Something called love paste. Something called love paste. You, harv you harvest it from the Grimtus tube. Something called love paste. It's got lots of grace. It, yeah, it'll fill you with distaste. It's called love paste. It tastes salty. I saw an eagle. He was flying towards the water. I saw an eagle. He was flying towards the fire. I saw an eagle. He was flying ever higher. The eagle found a mountain pass away through those great hills. Flying towards the fire, flying towards disaster, the courage to not give up. I saw an eagle. When he landed upon a, a rocky perch, surrounded by wind and snow, surrounded by animals who hunger, hunger after anything alive, a coyote, a weird coyote, whispered in the eagle's ear, Jorg Freaks must rule Sector 9. And the eagle said, it's a little windy, I didn't quite get that. Jog freaks must rule Sector 9. Jorg freaks must rule. Jorg freaks are giant tools. They carry bats. They carry pillowcases, they carry chainsaws, they carry pain.
was the Shire master, Sam Bankman Fried. He lived in the Shire. He was a hobbit. But he got greedy. He said, my precious, Sam Bankman Fried. His name is Smeagol. He's a shitbird. He's a fuckwad. Send him to jail. Send him down the hole. Send him to the motherfucker palace in Sector 21-Z. Shire Master. Of course, no peace can last. Lord Strog, made a lord by Lord Jing, rolled over the waters, rolled over the land. He had a special force called 332. He had a special army called 332. He'd send them after his friends. He'd send them after his enemies. He'd kill anyone he could. 332. Yes, after the great victories against the forces of Brunctus, the king of Hawaii, Lord Strog, made a lord by Lord Jing, sent his 332 forces to attack. They attacked Hawaii. They stole all the coconuts. They burnt all the poi. They started selling rip-off print Hawaiian shirts that according to a dude I once met was, I got real Hawaiian shirts. Fuck you, dude, I met at that shitty company. It's the only Hawaiian shirt I can afford. That Ponzi shit you recommended cost ten times as much, but guess what? It's probably ten times better. Yes, Lord Strog went to Chicago. He went to Chicago with Attack Force 332. And then he met Skrieg. Skrieg is the queen of Chicago. Skrieg is the queen witch of Chicago. Skrieg is the windy city's windiest. Yeah, she's a cop killer. Skrieg was handling a legal case in Cicero about 15 years ago. She was helping out a friend a friend in the DA's office. She was doing her wheeling and dealing. Her name is Skrieg. There was a cop who didn't want to take a payoff. There was a young cop that turned out to be a mom, but she wanted to do the right thing. And then she met Skrieg. And Skrieg said, if you're not willing to take the money, honey, then you can take a trip to Lake Michigan. And so Skrieg had a couple cops tie this woman up, take her out to Lake Michigan and dump her body. But everybody loves Skrieg. She's so open-minded. She's so funny. When she talked about the monkey cure, she was always smiling and funny. When she talked about locking people down, 
she was so fucking funny, Mistress Grieg. But everybody knows she's a cop killer. Not far from Chicago, you'll find a place. It's called Hoganville. Yes, not far from Chicago, you'll find a small town called Hoganville. It's a little east, rather, it's a little west. No, it's north. You know what? It's about southwest of Chicago. You know, a little bit out in the countryside. One of these little towns you'd drive through, and you'd never pay attention to it, you fuck. Do they have artisan, you know, arugula here that gets grilled with some type of butter you can only get if you're a rich motherfucker. Not in Hoganville, bitch. Can I get some type of organic cricket flower, monkey tood, kombucha? Not in Hoganville. You see, in Hoganville, they're famous for their pork loin sandwiches. They've been famous for a long time, but recently they've had supply chain issues. Yes, for decades, every state fair, every county fair, every party, every carnival, the Hoganville folk would bring their pork loin sandwiches and blow people away, motherfucker. But they have supply chain issues. Yeah, they got supply chain issues in Hoganville. The pork's run out. There ain't no more pigs. The factory's gone. The supply chain broke. You know, all those food processing centers mysteriously catch fire. <laughs> Almost like you're reading Pravda 1983, Bo Blimpdoc. The train workers are going on strike. The train workers are going on strike. Oh my God, Hoganville. Oh my God. China's shutting down. Oh my God, Hoganville. East Coast ports have to shut down because they can't find nobody to be stevedores. Oh my God, Hoganville. But in Hoganville, they came up with a solution. It was related to a project, a project to fight violent crime in a town not too far away called Gary, Indiana. 
They made a deal with a local police chief and said, listen, buddy, we know about the bodies and the dumps. We know about the landfill. We know about the D9 and D12 cats you keep online all the time. We know something's going on. Why waste all that protein and dumping it out in the swamp south of Chicago? Take it over to Hoganville. You know, we'll feed the pigs, baby. But there were no pigs. We'll feed the pigs, baby. Dump that shit over in Hoganville. Everybody likes to go by Martha's Cafe in Hoganville. She has the best pork loin sandwich in Hoganville. But be careful, though. Be careful of the, you know, titanium surgical implants in the pork loin in Hoganville. As the land fell in disgrace, Lord Jing and Lord Strog looked to be in control, but on April the 12th, it was revealed. Yogan rules. Yogan rules. He rules the Grumbo. He rules the Frumbo. Yogan rules. Yes, Yogan lived in a basement not far from Casablanca. He lived deep in a bunker. He had monitors everywhere. He had people that looked like him. He was surrounded by others who hold, you know, hold on to guns all day. Lord, yeah. Yoga, yeah. Yogan. Yogan once said, I am the emissary of change. I am the hopeful star. I am the lighthouse. When the star breeders come, they will see the fire burning. They will know the land is ready. They will know that everything has been prepared before them. The fucking star breeders. We can all be stars and we can all breed. Yogan rules. He waits for the star breeders. He uses cocaine. Because he's bored. Because he's bored, baby. Yogan rules. He lives his life in his bunker, surrounded by pain. He waits for cocaine. Yes, indeed. 
Because when the star breeders arrive and they bring forth all of the resupplicants and all the new technology, technology to power your home, to power your microwave, to power your brand new Tesla. When Yogan brings forth the star breeders, you'll have all the stuff you need for your radio controlled, Bluetooth enabled, rechargeable dildo. His name will be Core. His name will be Core. He'll come from a place so very fucking far away. His name will be Core. He'll have a message of love and glory. His name will be Core. He'll give you pizza pockets. He'll give you Friday night sandwich martini luncheons. Sunday morning dynamite brunches. He'll invite you. You'll have a mojito. He'll hand you a secret scroll. You'll read your name. He'll say it was sealed. 8,000 years ago, when the world was fresh and the humans were not so greasy. His name was Kor. His name was Kor. He said, read the scroll. Read the scroll I handed you. It talks of the Snorghor. It talks of the wildebeest women. It talks of the smelly freaks that live next to the statues. Read the ancient scroll. Read of the Snorghor. She is out there. She eats Frunctus. She eats the old mold. She eats the scrumulac. Snorghor. She's so very near. Dear and beloved. Dear and beloved. We all love Snorghor. Yeah. We all love her. I want you to go for a walk and find someplace quiet. Sit down on a log or a stump or a rock. I want you to look out into the distance and imagine a world. Imagine a world of happiness and joy, of knights and princes and queens. Imagine a world of dragons and fire ants that, you know, grow as big as your dog, right? That's a fucked up place. Imagine a world where the leeches actually are lawyers and bankers. They're literal and figurative, really. As you sit on that rock, imagining that world, imagine a dude like you sitting on a fucking rock. Imagine that dude sitting on that fucking rock is an imagining, you know, he's thinking about a dude in a world inside his head, you know, buddy, that guy sits on a rock. He thinks of other worlds where people in those worlds sit on rocks thinking of worlds.
alert all worm tribes. Alert all the worm tribes in Sector 45. Tell them that the gift creatures of Region 11 have attained star pulse power. They're heading for them, you know. Alert all the worm tribes in Sector 66. Alert all the worm tribes in Region 29. Alert all the worm tribes because people are coming for you because your time is over, because you thought entropy was a perpetual motion machine. But no, it's a wrecking ball. You thought entropy was a special gifty. No, it's dynamite, fucker. Go into a room, a quiet room. Sit down on the floor, all cross-legged and Indian style. As you meditate, think of a world where there's someone like you imagining a world where there's someone like you. And imagine that each of these think of a world that's populated by many people who go into rooms imagining worlds. And as your pyramid of possibility opens up, remember this. Wherever you go in those worlds, you still have to eat, You still have to drink fresh water, and you still have to breathe, get some sleep, and have shelter. So whatever fucking bullshit you want to come up with in one fucking world or another, that's your business. But remember what Ayn Rand said. You can ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Next topic, buddy. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Trust, something a hooker uses to clean out her boobula. Now you say, oh my god, Dan, what's a boobula? None of your dirty bird business if you can't figure that shit out. I'll say that again from Dr. Freckles. Trust, colon... Something a hooker uses to clean out her boobula. Now, why do why am I beating up on trust? And I've talked about trust before. I think trust is great. However, it's a feature of a relationship. It isn't a job. You see, the problem is we've we've entered a period of history where a lot of people have taken things like trust or morality or compassion and they've turned these into jobs and they've outsourced them. Well, I don't need to trust this guy. I'll just use Bitcoin. Bitcoin's perfect. I don't have to trust anybody. Bitcoin protects me. And what I'll tell any motherfucker for the rest of my goddamn life, which could end in 10 to 12 years, I'll tell any of you motherfuckers. Um, there's never been a technology. There's never been a ritual. There's never been a magic trick or anything that stops people from being assholes. No amount of technology fixes this, okay? It doesn't. And so if you're, if one of your reasons why you believe in crypto and the blockchain because it helps you with trust, then that's a really stupid fucking reason. The way you maintain trust is through verifiable relationships that you can verify. If you're looking for some third party, say, hey, 
give me your give me your keys to your crypto coins. You can trust me, and I know who to trust. Give me your money. Yeah, if you want to do that shit, you're fucked. And and I'm not even sure this is a fixable problem because I was talking with a friend of mine this morning, and I'm a Christian, so. Do I believe in prophecy? Yeah. If I didn't, I'd probably have an issue with my faith, which means I, I, I don't know. I, I'd say if you don't believe in prophecy, you probably aren't a Christian. But I do believe in prophecy. And here's the problem with prophecy. And Harry Boltima in Maranatha points this out, is that a lot of people in our age, and Boltima lived 100 years ago, but it still applies. A lot of people in our age believe in the humanist, you know, the humanist model. And, and this model says we can fix everything. We can make this world a paradise. We can make this world a garden. Uh, we can cure all the evils. We can, we can be better people. I mean, I'm an anarchist, but in reality, I'm an idealist. I would like to live in a free world where things like trust are a feature of a relationship between people who can verify it between each other. That's what trust is. It's not a, it's not a business. It's not a, a Bitcoin. It's a relationship feature. Um, but if you read prophecy, you come to understand that these things are not going to happen towards the end, okay? That no matter how idealistic you are, no matter what kind of person you are, you're not going to make the humanistic epic survive. It won't happen. And, and people have a hard time with that. A lot of Christians have a hard time with that. Because they believe, well, I can just be better. And my neighbors can be better. And we can start treating each other nicer. You know, let's go to Walmart, right? We'll get the fullness of bread. It's on sale. Um, it's one of the reasons why I get angry. I've, I have lots of reasons for being angry these days. I get pissed off for many reasons. But certain things, like the ability to trust people has been destroyed by the institutions that people outsource trust to. And this was 100% predictable. And this was always going to happen. I would love to believe in an idealistic world where we could live in peace with each other and live free. And do I think that's preferable to what we currently do? 100% freedom is preferable to all the status garbage. But the likelihood that it would happen given what we know people, is not too high. And if you're a Christian and you understand the Christian epic and you understand what this world is, you also kind of have to say to yourself, it probably won't ever happen. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It doesn't mean we shouldn't believe in each other, but it might never happen. Next topic. I've thought to myself, I'm not going to say the word fuck anymore. Like, I'm going to be home for Thanksgiving, like on Monday, I fly in a plane and who knows if I get there alive, right? But let's say I get back home for Thanksgiving. I'm going to try not to say fuck. I'm going to say fa la 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 you, like fa la 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 you, fa la 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 ker, fa la 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 you, fa la 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 ker, fa la la la. I'm going to try not to say fuck. I'll say 
Fa, la, 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 la. Now, of course, Jesus knows your intentionality. And Jesus knows what you mean when you say it. So this is a magical trick that only pleases the monkey people. It doesn't help Jesus in any way whatsoever. Jesus still knows you said it. Now, keep in mind, the Lord in heaven also knows the difference between dirty words and curses. And they're not the same thing. Like, if I say, fuck you, I'm not necessarily saying, I hope you die, or that anything befalls you. I might just be saying, fuck you. But why not say, fa-la-la-la you? That'll freak people out. That'll confuse them. And it wastes more of their fucking time because it takes longer. So why not say, fa-la-la-la-la you? Or maybe a dirty lurk. Maybe a dirty look. Maybe you go for your pistol underneath your belt so you don't say fucker. Fa-la-la-la-la. Yeah. I'll try it. I don't think it's going to work, though. I just don't. Because at the end of the day, you can say vagina or you can say boobula. And I say boobula because I'm trying to fuck with the people that censor us. That's my own goal for doing this. I have many goals, many reasons. There are many purposes. But I say boobula instead of vag or vagina because it confuses the fuck out of the censors and fuck them. But I say fuck because I mean it, baby. It's a word for people with passion. I mean, it ends like the right way. With a strong, you know, consonant. Consonant. It ends the right way with that hard sound. Fuck. It's passionate. It means something. But you can say fa-la-la-la-la, and you can also say boovula, and you can say scrimptus or glimptus tube. I don't care. You can talk about a man's rod or a woman's orbs. I, I also don't give a fuck. Next topic. Related, though, right? Is it related? It's related, huh? Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Every city has a strip club. <laughs> every city has a strip club. I know that you probably think that's crazy. Dan, every... Well, let's just be specific, okay? Towns are not cities. I say city specifically because I'm talking about a place where you overcrowd the region next to the river or the estuary or the, the waters that provide nutrients for the fish. You overcrowd it with people that sit around and poop all day and then you dump the poop in the estuary and you kill all the fish. And if you think that's a new fucking story, eh, 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 this goes back to the beginning of civilization. Fuck you. And in, in every fucking greasy city where there are greasy communists punching and stabbing each other to get ahead, you're going to find a fucking strip club. Because that's the stop, the first stop on your way to being a hooker. Or a porn star. You go to the strip club. You know, it's called edging. You edge closer. You edge closer. You start at the strip club. You do some work in the champagne room. Every single city has a strip club. Um, and, and I'm sure you'll say, well, Dan, I bet I could find a city that doesn't have a strip club. And I'll say, I bet you can't. This includes Vatican City, which probably has the best fucking nasty strip club on planet Boblintok. Every city has a strip club. Dr. Freckles, next topic. 
There's 100,000 tons of gold in the mountains of northeast Utah. There's 100,000 tons of gold in the mountains of northeast Utah. This is gold that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young knew about. This is probably why they killed Joseph Smith. They had him assassinated. They wanted that gold. Brigham Young did. There's 100,000 tons of gold in the mountains of Utah. Up there, not far from the burial grounds. Up there, not far from the Wookiee people. Up there, there's a shit ton of gold not far from where they killed those Native Americans. Here's a statement. I don't know if I'm going to spend time on this because I've talked about this before, but maybe I will. I don't know. And it's not a quote from Dr. Freckles, but it could be. Reality is only real because there is a God that makes it so. And I, I'm not even sure this is original. This sounds like something St. Thomas Aquinas might have said, but reality is only real because there is a God that makes it so. Now you'd say, well, Dan, that's crazy. That's insane. And from a certain type of skeptical perspective, I could see that point. You know, I've said before, and I'll say again, the starting point and the end point for many philosophers is solipsism. Metaphysically, they start out there, and ultimately, in all their skepticism and all their deconstruction, they more or less end up in the same fucking neighborhood. And, and the basic idea behind solipsism is that your reality is the only reality, which means I don't exist. If you're listening to me, I'm fake. I don't exist. There's nothing, there's nothing real about me. It's not just that you've never met me. It's, just, it's not just that I might be a robot. There's nothing about me beyond, beyond what you're hearing, beyond the podcast, that you could say, well, this is real. And the only things you can say are real are the things that you, co you know, cogitate on, the, the information that enters your, yeah, that enters your cave, that enters your mind. your bone cave. I don't know why we like music. I don't. I don't know why we like to make love. I don't know why the dogs save some of their poop so that they can poop in certain places they really fucking enjoy. Who would make it like this? It makes no real sense. And that's, I don't know why. I don't know why people fall in love. I mean, you could do the work of procreation without love, without respect. You know, it could be just a simple, brutal act, and it produces a child, but yet we create love. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why consciousness is, is a thing. It seems like a very painful thing. If you weren't conscious, you wouldn't be aware of all the, the horrible things that happened to you, all the curses, all the scars, all the 
the baggage you carry, all the trauma. Why do we have consciousness? I don't know why. And you could say it's all fucking random. And if you believed in an infinite multiverse, you could say, well, Dan, if it's an infinite multiverse, all kinds of fucked up shit could happen. And yet I'd say once again, why? Do you know why? Because I don't. And if you claim you do, you're full of shit. But I do know that there's a being in the universe that can answer the question why with God. Reality is only real because there's a God that makes it so. Why is sugar sweet? Why is water wet? Why do we have freckles? Why do we have ginger freaks? Only to mock? Only to toss in the river? Why? Why? Next topic, I'll be heading to Seattle soon and I'm trying to fundraise money. Yeah, I know I've said it's for cocaine. It probably won't be for cocaine. I don't think I'll get down to Pioneer Square. I don't think I'll hook up. But it could be for other things like hanging out with people and paying for stuff. And listen, you're not obligated. If you're a listener, you have zero obligation to donate. As I've said in the past, um, if you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, if you've taken care of the bills you need to pay, if you've helped the people you love and care about, and you've made the preparations that you think make sense, and you still have money left over, gold, hookers, champagne, dynamite, I'll take all of it, okay? But that's up to you. Um, I, I don't make the donation part of this a feature of the program for lots of reasons, not the least of which is, is that I know where we're at. A lot of people are so confused about reality, not only do they question where it came from, but they really don't know where they're at. And it's like what Ayn Rand said, baby. You can ignore reality, but those consequences are a motherfucker. Paraphrase. So if you have extra money and you want to help me out, you can. There's a link to PayPal in the notes, and you can always donate there. If you don't have the money, that's okay. Usually I end up getting donations from people um, that really are way too generous. But if you want to be way too generous, you can do that too. Understand, I'm a middle-aged, burned-out computer programmer. I, I am owed nothing from the universe. Nothing. You don't owe me shit. Even if you like my show, you don't owe me anything. But if you want to donate, you can. Next topic, motherfucker. Enough of this begging for money bullshit. Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles, but we've talked about this so often, I just feel like it's pointless. 
If you are still worried about the debt, inflation, your oil and diesel, you are not remotely prepared for what is coming, Dr. Freckles. I know, I know, that sounds scary, but I guess what I would say is, is that a lot of people who've lived in this country over the last 50, 60, 70 years have developed a very interesting theory of what they're owed. Like, we're owed electricity. No, you're not. We're owed cheap fuel to drive in our cars. No, no, no. The universe owes you no cheap gasoline. Well, we do deserve Walmart, don't we? We're owed a big store where we can buy Scrimdon, where we can buy protein cubes, where we can buy Spam in a can. Maybe it's from Hoganville. Maybe it's like that kind that contains surgical, you know, implants. Striker. There's a lot of what I've referred to in my podcast in the past. Um, a lot of, you know, bargaining for lesser catastrophes. And truly, stagflation, hyperinflation, the, you know, World War III. These are all things that are terrible if they were to, if they were to happen. Pandemics, right? But what if the thing, the real thing that is truly a threat to you and a threat to me and could be a threat to the world, what if the real thing is underneath the surface? And what the government, our government, and many governments have been doing since 2020 is a last-ditch effort at covering it up before it doesn't matter. Because none of what they're doing is something you can build on. It is not a rock. It is not steel. It is not concrete. It is quicksand. Their military psychological warfare only sets you up for a madhouse. And you're not building anything with that. You might just let the crazy people kill each other, but that's about it. Okay, you're not getting your World Economic Foundation, blah, blah, blah. You're not getting your FEMA camps, which, oh, by the way, were already built around you, called a city. No, none of that, baby. No. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. I, I get worried about it, but I shouldn't. It's something important, especially if you're a Christian, to remember that it's in God's hands, whatever it is. Remember, reality is as God wants it to be, which is another way of saying that if there's a plan, and there is, don't worry too much about these details because there is someone in charge. Am I telling you to give up? No, no. The Lord also wants you to do stuff and try to live the kingdom life here and now and not just wait for it to happen. But at the same time, brothers and sisters, if you're a Christian, no matter how righteous you are, no matter how good you are, no matter how righteous and good your neighbors are, no matter how many good acts you do, there is still prophecy. And things will happen as they must happen. It's not something we should take joy over. It's also not something we should be afraid of. And we shouldn't, absolutely should not, stop trying to live a good life because maybe everything's going to go to hell. Every single day was never guaranteed. From that first scary moment that some, I don't know, strombulite salamander with jinctus eyes and lots of tumors that became a brain... The first time it looked out on the beach and said, fuck, dry land's okay. But it's kind of scary. Hey, what's that in the sky? 
it's diving on me. I don't know what it is. And now it's dead because it was going to crawl out and be the first. But it's just going to be the first corpse. Others will crawl out later. Others will crawl out of the swamp later. And some will live. And some will breed. And some will walk on two legs. And some will start fires. And make friends with the wolf. They'll scare all the buffalo. Go, ha ha, look at them jump over the cliff. Flavor country. That's where the wolf and the man were headed. There's a new product at Walmart coming out soon. And I saw its commercial. Seems just like a pandemic. And it's called Just Like a Pandemic, as seen on TV. Available now at Walmart just in time for Christmas. Just like a pandemic. Not the real thing, but it seems like a pandemic. And your placebo effect mindfuckery helps it work. So there was an article on Zero Hedge about China's richest people. <laughs> Which again, I don't even know if this is true. I'm going to talk about the article. The link is in the notes. If you want to read it, that's your business. But one of the points they make is, is that the people that are, that are still wealthy in China are the people in charge of the pigs and the water, you know. But Alibaba and other people in charge of like online cheap shit you can buy, they're not doing so good. Um... You know, you know, if, if the richest man in China is the guy that raises pigs, well, pig, it, pigs are food. And I don't know how to put this. Humans need food. And I like pork, so pigs are food. You need water. After a few days without clean water, you die. Period. And if you're drinking dirty water, after a few weeks, you'll probably be dead. But the point is, you need water. You don't need a rechargeable dildo that connects to your computer over Bluetooth. You really don't. You don't need a toothbrush that, you know, plays Kanye West. You don't need a brand new pair of boots made of monkeys in Thailand. You don't need a shirt that's designed to save the whales. You don't need any of that bullshit. You need food, you need water, you need shelter, you need air you can breathe. You need a sun that isn't pushing UVB and UVC on you. But you don't need the rechargeable dildo that connects to your computer or Bluetooth, and then broadcast videos to Twitter or your OnlyFans account. You don't. I said this about five, six years ago to people. I said, you know, in about five or six years, more or less, I guess I would say it seven years ago, things are going to start falling apart. In 2015, I said, listen, five or six years from now, shit's going to fall apart. And people looked at me and said, Dan... How could that be? And it's like, well, listen, you do your own research. But there are many features of this system that are already starting to fall apart, and no one is interested in fixing them. In fact, I would say one of the first big red flags to me that the people in charge were not committed to any kind of future was the world's response to Fukushima. If the world cared about the future, if it cared about the largest ocean on the fucking planet, it would have swarmed on Fukushima. It would have come up with a solution, any solution. But instead, it's been a constant insult for more than a decade. And you can give me all your bullshit about dumping highly radioactive water into the Pacific is no fucking big deal. Fuck you. 
Fuck you. Okay, tell me how nuclear weapons aren't real too. That could be the case. We might be finding out soon. About the time I began to recognize that we were half a decade out, I told people time would come soon, where the things that they tell you are valuable today will be worthless tomorrow. And I got these weird looks, and I said, there are things today that they're, they're telling you are worthless, like family, like, you know, living in freedom, like living in a community where people care about each other. It's, it's crap. Your food can be crap. Your air can be crap. And I told people, those things they're telling you are crap are going to be worth their price in gold in a few years. And they laughed at me. And I stick with this prediction. It's already kind of happening. I mean, for those of you who are sane, for those of you who can think about reality without going crazy, this process is ongoing. There are things today that people will tell you are priceless, and I am saying very, very soon they will be worthless. And there are things today that people are telling you are worthless. Like I said, family is a good example, and I will tell you within a few years you'll find out that those things are priceless. And they'll tell you you can use a third party to verify trust and behavior, that you can have a social credit score system that keeps people from being pieces of shit. And what I'm telling you is none of that. None of that's in the cards. There aren't going to be any FEMA camps. There aren't going to be any social credit dystopias. Whatever the fuck is coming does not involve any of that shit. And some of you say, well, that sounds pretty good. And in a way it does, in a way it does. But when the people who you think are in charge are lying to you, about what could be the biggest threat to humanity since humanity began, you shouldn't get too excited, you know. Next topic. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. If you're ready to die, you should at least be prepared to live. Dr. Freckles. What does that mean, huh? What the fuck does that mean, Dan? If you are ready to die, you should at least be prepared to live. Well, in a way, this connects to the whole theme of today's podcast, because as much as training your imagination is a good thing, it's probably not healthy to live in your imagination or to live in any way that denies the real facticity of existence. Another way of saying what I'm saying is that whatever reality is, as manifested by God, you should at least try to understand it. If you, want it, if you want a chance to live, because ima okay. <laughs> imaginary cheeseburgers are not going to fill your stomach. Imaginary hookers are not going to suck you off. Imaginary pimps probably won't kill you, but imaginary cocaine probably won't get you high. And I've talked about this on my podcast for a few years now, way before the monkey herpes, way before 2019. I said, listen, yes, these are some crazy fucking times ahead and maybe a lot of people will die. I don't know. Do they have to die? I don't think so. But it's kind of like that whole prophecy thing. I think people could be better. I think we could live the kingdom life. I think I can do better. I think we can all do better. Does that mean that is what is going to happen? If you believe in Christian prophecy, the answer is no. At some point, 
There will, there will be the end of this epic. And at some point, people will believe that they have become God. And at that point, either they'll be right or they'll be wrong. And I think we've reached that point. The times of Noah. The crazy times. The times of Sodom. The times, you know, of the fullness of bread. But I'm not Jesus. And, and it's also true that in prophecy that he will come like a thief in the night. That none of us will be, okay, that's not true. Some of us will be prepared. And that's where you get into to the theology concerning the rapture. But a lot of us won't be prepared. He will come like a thief in the night and we won't be ready. He will be like the master coming home to see how his property was taken care of. And, and we'll be a bunch of, you know, workers out in the fields drinking and, and you know, doing our thing. The Lord will come in the stillness and the darkness of our ignorance. He'll come when we don't expect it. That's when it will happen. I don't know when that is, but what I can tell you is, I think, Jesus would say this. Sure, you should be ready with the simple fact that everybody dies, but if you want to really be ready to die, you have to be prepared to live. You have to be prepared to engage in this existence. You have to understand with all the crap and trauma, there is still beauty. There is still this poetry of this thing that was created for us. Not perfect, not Eden, but still pretty fucking amazing. It's okay. It's probably legit and adult to be ready to die. But the only way you're ready to die is if you're prepared to live. So for Friday, November the 18th, 2022, Bo Blimp Doc. Friday, November the 18th, 2022. Find yourself a cave somewhere in the mountains, somewhere far away. Find yourself a cave with a secret room. A secret room in that cave that leads to a hallway with a door. Open the door. There is a world. Inside that world, go find the other cave. For this Friday, November the 18th, 2022, Bob Limpdock. Yeah, if you want to donate, you can. I can use all the cash you have. If you have extra money and you're so wealthy off of Bitcoin and crypto and real estate schemes that you just want to pass me some cash, you can do that. I can buy some hooker love and some hooker peace. I can get my cocaine or my hocane. I can have a relationship with a pimp who will see me as a frequent caller. I can talk to them about my new girlfriend. Scam likely. Yeah, thank God it's Friday.